Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. As we continue to watch the uh, things unfold in Ukraine and along their border as Russia continues to ratchet up a host of uh, tactics and strategies as it relates to Ukraine. Uh, again, we have to get past the headlines of some of these things uh, and make sure that we get beyond those and really get into what is happening on the ground. Well, what does this actually mean? What is the game that Vladimir Putin is playing? And what does it mean for the rest of the world? And how will America lead in all of this? So let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. So we're continuing to watch uh, literally minute by minute as things continue to ratchet up, ratchet down, as the knot of war is tightened and loosened, uh, mostly by the activities of Vladimir Putin and decisions that he is making. And we want to go through all of these today. We'll we'll look a little deeper coming up here at uh, 120 about some of the cyber components to all of this and what that means and what that is actually doing, how that plays out. Uh, we've been talking a little bit today in terms of uh, the the false flag. We we heard this narrative about a week ago. Uh, the White House uh, was warning of a false flag operation where uh, Russia would create its own pretext for being in. Of course defending themselves or that they were, you know, goaded into a battle or that the West is really trying to engage and start uh, a war with Russia. And so all of those things continue to to play out uh, in the midst of some very interesting uh, backdrops. Of course, today was the day of unity in Ukraine. Ukrainian people uh, around the country uh, came together uh, in really a show, of, a show of solidarity in terms of where they think they are and what needs to happen next. Uh, the U.S., of course, is is not standing down as the tensions uh, increase and escalate. Uh, in fact, the Biden administration is seeming to draw a, a few lines in the sand over Russia, uh, possibly recognizing two territories in Ukraine. We spoke about this just a little bit earlier. And this one continues to be really fascinating to me because I, I think this is one of the ways that Vladimir Putin could give himself uh, a pretext to going inside of Ukraine without actually saying he was invading Ukraine. And so if you haven't been following that in particular, there are there are two areas in Ukraine that have been a, a source of challenge uh, for for a number of years now. Uh, there, there are two regions, the Donetsk and the Luhansk regions of eastern Ukraine. Uh, 
Uh, and these are places that have a lot of sympathies towards Russia. There's been Russian-backed separatists in the region. Uh, in fact, there was an agreement back in 2015, uh, the Minsk Agreement, uh, which basically says, no, they are part of Ukraine. They, uh, those are not independent uh, territories or states or countries. Uh, and so yesterday... The, uh, the State Duma of Russia, that's the Russia Lower House of Parliament, it's the best way to think about that, uh, they actually voted for Putin to recognize uh, the Donetsk and Luhansk regions of eastern Ukraine as independent. So uh, if that were the case, then, of course, President Putin could move into those two places uh, and say that he didn't invade Ukraine, he was just going in to help allies defend themselves. So that's a very interesting thing to uh, to take a, a look at in terms of Russian President Vladimir Putin's strategy. The, the only challenge with that is the enactment of the resolution from, again, Russia's lower house of parliament would actually be a violation of the 2015 uh, agreements there. And today, Secretary of State Blinken made a statement uh, to just kind of raise the cost on Russia if they were to go down that particular path. And he said that it would uh, bring about swift and firm response from the U.S. And remember, Russia has a lot of ties to these two e- regions in eastern Ukraine. Uh, it's estimated that some 600,000 Russian passports uh, have been issued to residents in that area. There's been COVID-19 relief, financial aid, uh, all kinds of covert military support. Uh, and there are some estimates that there are probably 2,000 or so Russian forces that are already inside uh, the region. Of course, uh, Putin and the uh, uh, Russian Kremlin would uh, deny that there are any troops inside of these two territories. So that's one particular area that, again, hasn't been getting a lot of attention. But I think I think it's something to keep our eye on in terms of what is actually going on and what game Vladimir Putin might actually be playing. Now, as that plays and ratchets up, uh, the United States Senate uh, has failed to get a bipartisan package of sanctions uh, through the Senate. And uh, there is some disagreement between Republicans and Democrats. Uh, there's, there's vast agreement on so many of the things that need to happen, uh, sanctions that need to happen. Uh, the big disagreement seems to be around when you uh, initiate those sanctions. The Democrats seem to be saying, let's wait until they invade, and then we inflict those uh, sanctions on them. Many Republicans have said, no, you inflict the uh, sanctions now, and then you pull them back if uh, Russia responds accordingly uh, and removes troops from the border there and uh, rats things down uh, in terms of their activity there. And so that's an interesting thing. So those talks kind of broke down a little bit over the last 24 hours between Republicans and Democrats. Today, the Republicans uh, put forward their own sanctions package, which, again, included most of what they had been negotiating with the Democrats on for a bipartisan group. Uh, But they uh, put those out today. The the interesting thing will be if anything really comes of that. Uh, So you you had uh, the Republicans saying, look, here's here's some of the key pieces to the puzzle uh, and they include, again, things that have been agreed to by both Democrats and Republicans. Uh, sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, sanction Putin's allies and major Russian banks, 
Uh, there's over 500 million in foreign military financing for Ukraine, 100 million for emergency lethal assistance for critical capabilities like air defense, anti-armor, anti-ship capabilities. Uh, create a Ukraine resistance fund to help Ukraine resist attempts to occupy or subjugate any new territory Russia may seize. Uh, double, doubling the funding for the U.S. military exercise in Europe uh, and a few other things. Uh, so to me, the big problem of this, of not being able to come together, that this is just one more victory for Vladimir Putin. So NATO hasn't been completely united on all of this. Germany is definitely a wild card in all of that. So Vladimir Putin is succeeding in dividing the NATO allies a little bit. Uh, he's also divided the United States Senate and Congress in terms of what they're doing. And even if the Senate were to come together somehow magically and pass this, the House is out of session. So anything that happens uh, is like a week to 10 days away. And this is not a this is not a good look for the United States of America to not even be able to come together around sanctions uh, around Russia. And yes, Russia is watching. And yes, China is watching what is and isn't happening in terms of our response. Uh, I said it yesterday. I'll say it again today. I thought the president gave a very strong speech yesterday. It may have been the best of his presidency. Of course, the the proof will be in the pudding and the details of what happens next. Uh, But I think the president laid it out in a in a good, strong way. And now the the real test comes Uh, as you continue to see this thing play out. uh, We've seen reports even just in the last few moments uh, that it appears that not only is Russia not uh, winding things down, they're actually ratcheting things up in terms of their presence there. So we're going to stay with the question just a little bit longer uh, as it relates to Russia and Ukraine. We've been covering all day today some of the cyber activities uh, that have been happening inside of uh, Ukraine. And uh, we're going to take a deeper dive on that coming up next. Stay with us. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.